what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. For organizations looking to enhance their customer relationships, this is Stepping Up Service. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stepping Up Service here on TheMesh.TV. My name is Alan Jackson with the Jackson Group, and with me, as always, Ed Gagnon with Customer Service Solutions. Ed, how are you today? I'm excellent, Alan. How are you doing? Doing great, doing great. About to melt if I step outside of this building. It is so, so hot uh, these days. I've got a... I've got a kid over at a soccer camp over at the YMCA, and I'm like really worried about. <laughs> he's got pretty pasty white skin to begin with, and to have him out in the sun all day, out in this heat, I'm just I'm a little nervous about it. So, uh, hopefully, he's going to come home and be incredibly exhausted and ready for a good night's sleep. So, we'll see how that goes. But the heat's definitely making it a little bit more challenging. So, uh, yeah. And, and you're not too far away from me, so I assume you're you're pretty much in the same boat out there, right? Oh, definitely. Somebody uh, in the office uh, a little while ago was talking about how a cool front's coming through, and we made it down to 89. So, uh, <laughs> cool front. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Break out the parkas and the uh, snow boots. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, Ed, I, I say this every time we get together and we talk about you know our, 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 our topics for the show, and I always say I'm so excited to talk about this topic, and it really is probably even more true than even normal today just because we're talking about something that I spend a lot of time in day to day on in my work as well. And this is listening to the voice of the employee of an organization in order to help learn more about the voice of the customer. And that's yes. something we're going to talk about here in a little bit as we get started. Uh, just as a reminder to everybody, you're listening to the show here on the mesh.tv, our podcast network of original shows broadcast outside of Western North Carolina and around the world. Uh, I'm with the Jackson Group, which is a firm that conducts uh, management consulting and survey services firms for uh, survey services for a variety of firms. You can learn more about us and our employee and customer satisfaction services at thejacksongroup.com. Ed's with Customer Service Solutions, a, gr- a company that's working a lot with organizations on improving the customer service culture and the processes involved in that uh, at, at organizations across the United States as well. You can learn more about their company at cssamerica.com. That's CSS for Customer Service Solutions, America.com. And uh, Ed's company's website is just a great resource for blog posts and getting uh, signed up for email newsletters and so on. A lot of great information there, Ed. And actually, your Thanks. your blog post is uh, one of the ones you just recently did, I think, in the last few months, is one that really got me, got me thinking more about this topic we're going to discuss today. You sent out a, an, uh, you, you made a blog post on your website talking about the voice of the employee. And you had a quote in there that I thought was just really interesting. You say that, you know, a lot of people always know that we all know that asking the customers is the best way to get the voice of the customers, just asking them what do they want, exactly. what do they need. But yet few people realize that asking the employees of your organization is the second best way to get the voice of the customer. It seems so logical but yet and simple, but yet it makes so much great sense. And I really appreciate you putting that message out there, Ed. Yeah, and it's uh, interesting because so many people who are executives today, they either got that master's degree, that PhD, they have all these great ideas and they rely on themselves to figure out what to do for the customer. And then you have the the flip side of that, or those people that grew up with customers, they love the customer, they love talking to them, so they ask the customer about what they think about the experience and what they can do to better develop relationships with them. But so many 
leaders, managers, forget about that that middle piece, beyond the executive, beyond the customer, how can we tap into the employees to really understand what's going on in the customer's mind? What are they loving? What are they hating about the experience? So that's what we're definitely going to talk about today is tapping into the voice of the employee. And in particular, before the break, we're going to focus on how to tap into that voice of the employee to really learn about the voice of the customer. I mean, because really these employees, in, mo- in many cases, and I realize it's not every company is the same, sometimes employees don't have a lot of connection with the customer, but many, many organizations, the employees either have some direct level interaction with the customers or just intimately know those customers from the work they're doing for them. And uh, it's a great source of information that I do feel like we either take for granted or just don't utilize the way we should. Yeah, we're actually going to take two different views of how to acquire this kind of information because it is so valuable because you are talking to the people who are talking to your customers day after day after day on the phone via email face to face. So uh, we're going to get into it uh, from two different perspectives. So if you are a small business owner or you're a manager in a mid to large size firm and you're thinking, well, how can I tap into the, the employees to really learn about and improve the experience with the retention of our existing customers. Uh, we're we're going to talk about two ways to do that. And the first is going to piggyback on this idea that's out there a lot, this word, concept, whatever we want to call it that's out there, uh, that's called ideation. It's basically creating ideas and, and creatively trying to come up with new and innovative ways to do things. And in the world of customer service, uh, one way you can do ideation uh, is to think about uh, creating some maxims. Uh, okay. Maxims are just fancy ways of saying guiding principles. And and so for an organization that has a guiding principle as it relates to the client experience, many of our clients use words like quick or simple or oh. self-evident. Like our customers want a quick access to information or a quick answer. They want the process to be simple. They want to have a very self-evident experience so even a first-time customer can have a good experience as a long-term customer. So the first thing we suggest uh, that organizations do in this ideation phase uh, is to create some maxims, some guiding principles that that would say this is what our customer really wants out of their experience. So this is the kind of thing that you would actually get some information from the employees to help you guide to create those maxims? Uh, potentially, yes, or maybe on previous customer satisfaction surveys or focus groups. Oh, okay, um, I see. Right. Yeah, yeah. If you start thinking about what are those main determiners of a great experience in your particular industry, uh, identify what customers really want in general out of the experience. So you start with either soliciting these from employees or getting them from customers. Uh, and then what you're going to do is you're going to use these guiding principles actually as you actually analyze the, the process that your customer goes through when, when they're experiencing your organization. I see. I see. So having those guiding principles, those maxims kind of at least helps form the conversation a little bit going forward. You know, these are the kind of things we hold as important to be providing to our customers. So it allows, I guess, us to kind of put our, our, our get our mindset in those directions and with those principles, right? Exactly. So when, when we're analyzing the experience, uh, one method we're, we're sharing with you is uh, a method for looking at the process through the eyes of the customer. And instead of getting a group of employees together and saying, uh, how can we improve this process for our customers? What you do is you get the employees together and you say, I'm going to break up the current customer experience, the, the process from our customer's perspective into maybe six different 
steps. And what we're going to do is we're going to analyze each one of these steps. And in each step, I'm going to ask you, uh, is it quick or how can we make it more quick? Because quick is important to customers. Is it simple? How can we make it more simple? Because that's important to customers. Is it self-evident where a first-time customer could navigate this website, navigate this process, navigate this facility, just like a long-term customer? So by setting up these guiding principles, when you actually start asking the employees the questions about every step in the process, they're forced to think like a customer and they're forced to try to create improvements that will make it quick, simple, self-evident, or, or whatever those terms are that are important to your customer and the experience with your business. So, so by doing that, you're, you're getting ideas from, you're getting suggestions and ideas from your employees, but instead of it just being this free form, okay, what can we do to improve our customer experience? And you've got ideas all over the place that are really hard to kind of nail down and organize. You're basically setting, your recommendation is you set it up by these maxims and kind of have them focus on different aspects of the customer ex- experience that, that deal with those various principles. Yes, that's exactly right. And the other way we try to frame it, again, just to try to get the employees to think more concretely, give them a little direction, not necessarily restricting their thoughts, but giving them a little direction, is to identify what these six major, five or six major macro process steps are. And I'll give you a real quick uh, example. Let's say the first thing that the employee or excuse me, the customer has to do is to locate your facility. Mm-hmm. So you just throw that out there to the staff. They have to locate your building, your facility. Uh, is it quick? Is it simple, self-evident? You know, say, so the staff start thinking about signage and, and how can they navigate into the parking lot and how do they know where to go and walk? Uh, the second thing is when they get to your facility, the second macro process step might be how do they find the product? Mm-hmm. So you're asking the employees to give you feedback. You know, what are they hearing from customers about ease or difficulty in finding the product, about it being simple or not? Uh, is it self-evident or do they always have to ask an employee where the products are? Is it a quick process? The third step is how do they actually request or order a product or service? The fourth is how do they receive it? Uh, the fifth is, uh, maybe this is combined with the fourth, how do they get a status update? If they haven't received it yet or it's it's a process that takes a while to receive this product, this service, maybe it's something custom designed or delivered, uh, or maybe it's part of a project. And then the last is how do they complete it? How do they pay for it? How does that mm-hmm. uh, transaction process end? So what we're suggesting in the first way to really tap into the voice of the employee to improve the customer experience We suggest setting these maxims so you know what trigger questions to ask your employees in every step of the process. And then you you give them maybe five or six macro high-level process steps and ask them to view that process from the customer's perspective, not from their perspective, Mm -hmm. and get feedback on how to make it better. So what you basically have done is you've taken the whole experience focused it into different portions that are something that can be uh, approved upon possibly or ideas can be applied to. But, yes. but having everybody think in terms of those guiding principles, you kept saying quick and you kept saying uh, user friendly. Those are the kind of things that if we get those ideas in the employees' heads as we're trying to get those uh, suggestions from them, that's where their brains are going to be thinking in terms of, okay, what will make this easier for a customer? Not just a Again, free for all, let me just throw out any ideas I can come up with. We're really trying to keep that conversation more focused. Yes, trying to get it more focused and, and give them something to really latch on to so yeah. that when they're answering the question, they can answer very specifically about a certain aspect of that, that, that customer journey through their, their encounter with you and their requesting and receiving services from you. Yeah, so, right. so this is a way to kind of create a structured 
ideation. I'm going to give you one other method for how you can tap into the, the voice of the employee. And there are many different ways, uh, but this is one other way that, that we do, in particular with a lot of our sports clients, or mm-hmm. although we're also doing this with one of our government clients. Um, but it's this idea of creating customer personas. Mm. Now, when I say customer persona, uh, in sports, uh, some of the sports teams we work with have uh, fan bases, obviously, season ticket holder accounts. And sometimes they'll categorize a certain group of their accounts as a rookie. And what would you, who would you think the rookie season ticket holders would be, Alan? That would be the, that's, that's their first season that they've had a season ticket. So they're brand new to the experience, brand new to the team. Exactly. That's perfect. And and then you have the seasoned veterans. So who would they be? Oh, they'd be your, the ones that have been there year after year. They've, you know, you, they pretty much automatically are going to get that season ticket renewal unless things go horribly wrong for some reason. Exactly. And then, and some of our sports clients have what they call the whales, which okay. are literally, it's not the most flattering. Persona. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I don't know if I want to be called a whale, but go yeah. ahead. What is that? I don't think so. But basically it is a high, high dollar client, ah. big, big client. Um, the kind of person of them, that they know is probably going to not only get the really good seats, but also probably take, take, take advantage of a lot of the other uh, perks and opportunities to enhance their experience. Oh yeah, you're you're definitely uh, on the right train of thought there. Okay. Um, corporate is another one. So okay. who would the corporate uh, personas uh, include? Well, that's your businesses, but obviously it's people who come under the umbrella or the the banner of a business. Uh, I would imagine those would be ones where maybe the it may not always be the same people, but you're treating it more as an organization. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So this this could be group outings for an organization. It could be a uh, business owner or manager who uses the tickets either for employee motivation or for catering to clients that are in town and trying to woo them or retain business. Um, so what you're essentially doing in the second example for how to structure some ideation exercises, some improvement exercises with your employees is instead of just Again, giving them a blank sheet of paper, you say, all right, there is a rookie that, that is going through this process of signing up for season tickets. Uh, you know, it's the first time they've ever done it or they're coming to our arena for the first time. Or if you're a small business, it is that first time customer walking in the door. Mm-hmm. Again, how do we make this process a great one for somebody who's never been here before? What, what are some of the considerations for a rookie that we would not have for somebody who's done business with us for years? And again, if you're if you're getting that kind of input from your employees and you're think, having them think about those different personas and those different stages of the experience, again, you're getting them very – you're trying to put them in the mindset of that person, of that customer in that situation and getting the ideas from them on, on what would help enhance that experience. Exactly. And the beauty of this idea of the voice of the employee is nobody knows the rookies – the, the seasoned veterans, the whales, the corporate people better than those frontline employees. So mm-hmm. uh, other than obviously the customers themselves. So if you really want to know how can we make the experience great for our rookies, ask the employees and have them think specifically about specific customers who are rookies. What were the questions they were asking? What were the frustrations or the confusion that those rookies had? And it helps them to give you a very targeted answer focused on that customer group. 
That's great. Yeah, I love I love the idea of really honing in that conversation and, and uh, getting them to really put themselves in the shoes of the, of the customers. I think that's a great suggestion there. Yeah, and and like we started out by uh, by, by introducing this particular topic, uh, there's a lot of different ways that you can tap into the voice of the employee to to kind of get a sense of uh, how the customer feels about things. These are just two examples of how you can do it in a little bit of a structured way to really trigger specific thoughts, ideas, concepts from. Uh, from your employees. Uh, Alan, are there other ways that you can think of that you could tap into your employees' knowledge to start gathering information about your customer? Well, yeah. And actually, you know, I'm, I'm of course, a data guy. I, I spend most of my time administering surveys. Of course, of course I'm going to have a little more uh, bias towards how useful a survey process can be in this. But I, 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 we have worked with several organizations that are really trying to work on internal and external customer service improvement. And by asking the employees, sometimes even in a standardized survey, especially if you have a large organization, we're trying to get a lot of data from across the whole organization and all the areas. Uh, even a short survey asking them, okay, you know, imagine you're in the customer in this experience. Uh, tell us, you know, of the following 20 possible options, which are the three that would make the most impact on improving that customer's experience? Or give us some freeform text to let us know what you think would be a good option. And there's ways to get more standardized data if you had to from a process. Um, that's one way you could go with this. Of course, we've also always held, uh, encouraged town hall meetings or focus group sessions with employees that get at that same kind of information. But again, it's a more structured environment, but it's not like a formalized survey. It's more of a question-answer dialogue, but you use representatives of your employees across the organization to do so. So there's a lot of both formal and slightly informal ways to do it. But I'm a big believer in making sure you are getting representation across the organization and not just from the three employees that you know are pretty vocal and will give you some feedback, you know, try to get representation from everybody if possible. And if not, at least a good random representation of all the areas in the organization to give you ideas. Yeah. And those, those are excellent examples. And, and I, I know your organization does a ton of surveys. So that's part of the reason why I put you on the spot there. Um, just to kind of, <laughs> you know, me too pers- well, Ed. Yeah. <laughs> Just kind of get your perspective on it. But that's a great point. When, when you're going through the ideation process, like I'm talking about with these different examples, and if you're doing it in a group setting or a series of workshops with your employees, you're going to really be able to dive deep on what some of the key points are. But you're doing it with a subset uh, of your employees. Yeah. And if you really want to say, how can I really tap into everybody in this organization, get the best ideas of all those folks that are here? Or what What if I had 10 different ideas and I wanted to figure out which two or three really rise mm-hmm. to the top in the, in the eyes of my employees? That's when you go to the more data route, the more survey route, the right. more uh, um, research-oriented route that will give you the quantitative information so you can make those decisions. Yeah. Uh, and, and even before you go through a process like I just described, those town hall meetings, those general focus groups, groups uh, with employees are excellent because they can start giving you a feel for, well, who are those personas? You might not have those personas identified in your organization. So you just ask your employees, what are those three or four or five or six different types of customers that we serve the most? And what's Mm -hmm. unique about each? And what are the typical issues uh, we have to deal with uh, from each? And what's most important to each of those? So having a research strategy uh, for tapping into the voice of the customer has to have a component that includes tapping into the voice of the employee. Absolutely. And I do caution organizations too, especially larger organizations. I know it's really easy to just gravitate towards those people 
in your organization that are the most vocal and the most outgoing personality wise to ask their opinions on how do we best improve customer experiences. But when you've got a large organization and a wide variety of personalities, don't forget that there's a lot of people that may not be the most uh, verbose ones that you have that have a lot of ideas too. So sometimes it's finding creative ways to get those ideas from those employees. That's why I like kind of a combination method of maybe doing those face-to-face dialogue-driven uh, focus group or ideation sessions, but yet either follow it up or precede it with something more standardized survey to get really mass data to make sure you are getting what you need to be hearing from the whole population and not just those few hand-picked individuals. So. Yeah, yeah, because it seems like uh, in many organizations, the same people volunteer over and over <laughs> yeah. again. And, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just like with any other type of research. If you want to really get information that represents the whole, you have to use different processes yeah. that uh, proactively seek the input of the whole. So. And chances are those chances are those those vocal people more than likely probably have a very very good pulse reading on what's going on with the customers. But I would just always hate to think that you're missing some really great ideas or some really critical steps just because you're not hearing from the right cross section of the entire organization. So uh, yeah. it's a trap we fall into just human nature. I think you gravitate to the people who seem more willing to talk and give you feedback, but uh, everybody in the organization has something they can provide to the process and some ideas for improvement, just finding the creative ways to get that information from them. Yes. And, and a lot of what we're talking about here is how we can tap into the voice of the employee to get that external information, yeah. that information on customers. What we're going to talk about after the break is how to tap into those uh, same employees to learn about the inside of the organization, uh, learn okay, about good. the service culture. Perfect. That's great. All right. Well, this is really good, really interesting stuff, Ed. Great. Thanks for the, the information so far. We are going to take a very quick break. When we come back, we'll pick that back up on what Ed was talking about and talk more about using the voice of the employee to help uh, – uh, look at you know internal culture improvements on customer service. Uh, again, using the voice of the employee to learn more about the customers that we're trying to serve and improve that experience. This is Stepping Up Service here on the Mesh.TV. We will be back in just a moment. Hi, Alan and Chris here with an exciting announcement about something coming to the Western North Carolina area later this year. It's the first ever Foot Candle Film Festival. That's right, an honest-to-goodness film festival that's happening September 25th through the 27th at the Salt Block in Hickory, North Carolina. Films are being submitted from all over the world to be considered. Do you or someone you know have a film that you'd like to submit? Visit footcandle.org and follow the link to the festival for instructions. Stay tuned later in the year as we announce our choices and start selling tickets. Visit footcandle.org for more information. We'll see you in September. Hello and welcome back to Stepping Up Service here on TheMesh.TV. Just as a quick reminder for you, if uh, you like the kind of conversation we're having here on this show or some of the uh, topics we're discussing, I encourage you to go back and uh, go down a stroll on memory lane and listen back to some old episodes of the show. <laughs> what a great way to spend a weekend is just queue up yes. a whole bunch of these episodes, especially it's so hot outside. Don't go outside. Stay inside. Listen to some podcasts. Stepping up service, we've been doing the show for quite a while, at least once a month or so, and uh, putting out episodes. You can actually go to themesh.tv and go look on the Stepping Up Service page under shows and see not only the latest episode you're listening to, but also you can go back in time and listen to some old episodes. Another great way to do it is to go on Apple iTunes. We are one of the featured providers on iTunes. You can go there under the podcast store and search for Stepping Up Service. While you're there, take a look at some of the other shows we have on the Mesh Network. We've got a wide variety of shows from film reviews to band uh, interviews and performances to uh, 
talking about leadership to talking about education. Uh, we got a great show called Entrepreneur Exchange. Talks all about the challenges and opportunities for entrepreneurs starting up a new business. Uh, Ed, that may actually be one we need to get you talking with those guys in a future episode. I think that'd, that'd be, be helpful because I know there's probably some really good things that entrepreneurs need to keep in mind when it comes to the customer service and how they build that culture for their new company. Um, so we'll need to get that, get that connected with you guys here pretty soon. Sure. Uh, so, and let's jump back into the topic we were discussing. We were discussing using the voice of the employee to learn more about the voice of the customer. So uh, using our second best resource of information uh, to learn how we can improve our customer service experiences. We talked before the break about using the voice of the employee to learn more about the external customers and uh, the personas of the employees and use, setting different uh, guiding principles or maxims to, uh, to use to frame that conversation and that ideation process. But Ed, you said you kind of wanted us to turn maybe a little more internally to the culture of the organization here in the second part. Is that correct? Yeah, that, that's definitely right. And, and the way I want us to, to really think about the second part of the conversation is uh, to think about culture. Mm-hmm. Um, think about how things work around here. How do we make decisions? How do we get everybody on the same page going in the same direction? Uh, how do we create employee engagement and energy and, and people really being jazzed about working in an organization? Because so many studies, so many case cases of individual businesses that are just exceptional from a customer perspective are shown to really have a culture that that's igniting that great customer experience. So we're going to talk about how do we tap into the voice of the employee to drive, to analyze as well, but but to really drive a a service culture. Okay. That sounds great. So where do we start? Well, let's just think about your organization. It could be yours, Alan, or anybody else listening out there. But mm-hmm. your, your organization obviously hires employees, but does it ask those new hires why they chose your organization? Um, does it ask them what expectations they have about the employee experience? Mm-hmm. Uh, many companies onboard employees, but does it check with them after a week to, to see how things are going after a month, after 90 days? Does it do these check-ins to gauge whether those expectations of those new employees were met, how they're feeling about their job and their organization, that sort of thing. Hmm. Well, um, of course, the answer to that for me, Ed, is you know any of the clients that work with our employee survey service firms, uh, the, the services we offer, you know, we're big believers in the idea of a new employee survey. Of course, I'm going to go on the survey bandwagon again, but you know, <laughs> the idea of, of after three months, really, it's, it's kind of evaluating exactly what you're talking about is – Based on what I was expecting, you know, have things worked out the way I'm expected them to once I joined the company? Was I felt welcome? Do I feel like I'm understanding the mission and vision of the, of the organization itself? Uh, not necessary for a small company, obviously. You can do that one-to-one, I would imagine, talking to those new employees. But on a large scale, uh, there's always a good opportunity for data collection there as well. Yeah, and, and the reason why this is so important is that just like – businesses, the the vast majority of the clients we work with, if they lose a customer, it's a, it, the retention rate is much lower. The loss rate is much higher for a first-time fan, a first-time customer. Well, it's the same thing on the employee side. Typically, your turnover rate with employees is much higher for employees who are in their first year than employees are in their 17th year going to their 18th year. So Absolutely. we just have to take special care in really understanding what these folks expect coming in, 
what that experience is like, where are red flags, and we can't just assume if an employee has an issue, they're going to tell us. If they're disenchanted, they're going to tell us. We have to be real intentional about creating a research strategy that taps into that voice of employee, voice of the employee during that onboarding and in that first year process. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that's so, so critical. And I, I, I'm a big advocate of telling a lot of organizations, especially in smaller ones, or at least when you have a, maybe a leader in a department or group, having that sit down one-to-one kind of an informal discussion. It doesn't have to be this scheduled formal process of let's, let's touch base and see how you're feeling about things. But even just saying, listen, can I, can I steal you for a few minutes? I'm really curious. I want to know, how do you feel like things are going now that you've kind of gotten settled into your role here? Uh, what's been surprising for you? What's been exciting for you? What's been a yes. challenge? Uh, you learn so much from that new experience because they're coming in, they're, they're coming in unjaded. You know, they're coming in, <laughs> they're coming in pretty fresh for the most part, yes. as opposed to somebody who's been there 10 years and it's kind of very kind of rooted into the process the way it's been already. So uh, it's a really, really good point you're bringing up about the new employee experience there. Right. And even beyond the new employees, uh, think about the voice of the employee when it comes to your employee veterans. Uh, you know, for example, uh, are we asking our longer term staff about current processes or policies that might be barriers to providing a great client experience? Um, are we asking them, well, what is the current morale or what are your training needs or what are potential system changes? Are we asking them those questions before those process changes or system changes are determined? In mm-hmm. other words, let's tap into them on the front end instead of starting to roll out some major process policy system change. And then all of a sudden we start to realize, wow, operationalizing this really caused a lot of heartburn for employees. Mm-hmm. So are we getting that feedback up front? Are we documenting information on how proud they are to work for us, how engaged they are in the company's mission and vision. So you also want to tap into the voice of the employee to really uh, plan out your process, your system, your policy changes to really get get that pulse uh, of the organization taken repeatedly so you know what morale's like. And it can even help you to in- improve the rollout of different initiatives uh, if you're tapping into the voice of the employee. I'll, I'll give you a real quick story as an mm-hmm. example. We're working with one client. It's an educational organization uh, that was wanting to roll out uh, some training on this new culture initiative. And the thought was we are going to roll out this training. Everybody in the organization is going to go through a two- to four-hour instructor-led training course, uh, and we're going to design it and put everybody through this training. Um, and that was basically what the leadership of this initiative, leadership of the organization decided. But but there were a couple people uh, within this initiative who said, okay, that, that sounds like a great concept, but before we do it, let, let's go out and ask the employees uh, what they think about the, this initiative, what they think about the rollout, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Right. So we held a series of focus groups, about six or seven focus groups with all different varieties of employees, and they loved the concepts and the initiative. They loved the direction the culture was going. And then when we asked, well, how do you want us to roll this out to you? How would this information best be shared? The first thing they said is we don't want any kind of instructor-led training where people are just talking at us. Hmm. Now, this was this was the entire concept that we were starting. <laughs> right, right. 
Well, what they said is we want conversations with leaders about these topics, just like we're having this conversation with you. Hmm. So what we ended up designing instead of a two to four hour training session is we've designed eight different 10 to 20 minute modules. These these brief modules facilitated discussions that leaders will have with staff just as a 15 or 20 minute slot on a normal staff meeting. Uh, and these conversation modules will be delivered by the leaders uh, throughout the course of the year. So we went in with a preconceived notion that we were going to do training, but we tapped into the voice of the employee. We asked them what they wanted, and they've come back and they've said what we really want is to have these these critical conversations about culture on these key topics uh, on a regular basis with our leaders and very short bursts that are part of existing staff meetings. So we're basically designing the program to deliver them what they want in the way they want it. That's that's great. That's really interesting. Ed, just kind of keying back on something you were saying about using the veteran employees to get some feedback just as well as the new employees. You know, I, I, I typically will say and try to recommend that if you're looking at an, an organization, a change, a process change, uh, something that's going to have a, a wide effect throughout the organization the veteran employees are really your best your best bank of information on that because yes. they could probably see a little bit more longer term how a change may have an effect on the organization, whether it will work or not. The new employees, maybe not as much deep a feedback on that as the veterans would. So I love the concept of new employees being the ones that you get the pulse reading to see how they're doing, how the organization's doing, getting them on board and acclimating them to the organization. Your veterans are the ones that are going to advise you on changes you want to make within the organization or process improvements or anything else that could have some longer impact on, on the organization as a whole. Um, some great ways to use them, but both sources are really, really good information. So the, the point you're making is excellent about the way you would look at the veterans versus those rookie employees a little bit differently. And it, it's important for us to realize, well, what can I glean from my employees? And are there certain employee groups that I can learn more from on given topics? So I really like that take that yeah. you had on it. And that, right. that really ties into what we're talking about for the break. We talked about how we can tap into the voice of the employee to really learn uh, about the voice of the customer. It's probably some of the best customer research money you'll never spend because you're not having to go to the customer. You're just tapping into the folks that are right in front of you. And then after the break, we've been talking uh, about the, the culture. How do we make sure we have a healthy, high-performing organization? And, and how do we strategically tap into that voice of the employee to continually improve how we're doing things? So uh, we love conducting customer research for our clients. Um, but in your effort to provide a great experience for your external customers, don't forget that uh, you have internal customers, you have employees, and you can learn so much just by having a strategy that's research-based that taps into the voice of the employee. Yeah, that's great points, great, great summation there. And, and one thing I may add, it's a little bit off the, off the subject slightly, but it has to do with this employee voice side of things as well. And I know we've talked about this in a previous episode, um, so I'm sure we went into a lot more detail in a previous uh, previous recording session. But there is the idea, too, that when your employees are engaged and involved at a higher level within the organization, 
the ripple effect to the customer is actually going to be stronger too. So yes. that's yet another reason to make sure you're tapping into that employee voice, not just to see what are some ideas for improving the customer experience, but just to get a reading on how they are feeling about their job and their engagement level, because there is a really tight correlation between employee engagement and the overall patient experience that, or customer experiences or whatever the uh, environment may be. There's a really tight correlation there. So we want to make sure we're always on top of that. Um, I tell organizations, you know, if you're going to poll your employees, if you're going to hold focus groups with your employees, if you're going to try to survey them or whatever it may be, do it both from the standpoint of how can we improve the customer experience, but also how can we make you feel more engaged as an employee here? Because they're both very, very important to overall success of the organization. Yeah, that, that's an excellent point. And the, the example that I gave earlier about how we were designing this training rollout approach, one, one thing that our client has done a great job of, and we, we kind of pushed them in this direction, was instead of saying this culture is about a great customer experience, so we're going to implement 50 new processes or programs to improve the customer experience, what we started with instead was a focus on how do we better serve each other. Because we know if, if we are serving each other, we're responsive to each other, we're caring for each other, we collaborate with each other, we're, we're really delivering great experience for each other, then we're much more naturally and easily going to deliver a great experience for our customers. Absolutely. So definitely agree with what you're saying there. That's a great point. Good, good. So that's really listening to the employee voice and using that as a resource. And I guess the biggest message takeaway is just use that employee input, use the employee uh, ideas and uh, listen to their voice in the process. Because you know, many times people in the executive suite or in a higher level management role, you don't have that direct face to face with the client or customer as much as your other employees do. So let's use that information and, and, and put it to effect to help improve that, that customer experience from top to bottom. So great. definitely Good feedback there, Ed. I, I didn't tease about this at the beginning of the episode like I normally do, but we are going to wrap up the show here with our uh, kind of our customer service experience of the month. This is a part of the show. We've been having a pretty good tradition of doing this, I think, since the very beginning. But you and I kind of are recollecting on an experience we've had maybe in the last 30 days since our last recording. Yes. Something that we want to use as an example, maybe a, 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 a great a shining star example, or it could be a, uh, something as a, a learning lesson for people out there of what not to do from customer service. And my understanding, Ed, is that you've got a positive story to share. Um, yes. Unfortunately, mine is very, very fresh in that it happened about three hours ago. Oh, so I can speak to it very passionately at this moment because I'm still a little fired up about it. Um, and it is <laughs> negative. So how about if it's okay with you, can I go first? So yes. maybe you can bring us back to a positive light by the end of the show. Does that work okay? Sounds great. Okay. So my story is this, and it has to do with online uh, tech support, which is never right away, uh, more times than not, when we hear examples of online tech support, customer service, it's generally skews more negative than positive anyway. So I have a fairly low standard on what I expect from online tech support, just because I've been down this pathway too many times. And just, you know, I know not to go in expecting this shining uh, example of customer service, this paragon of, of service excellence. So even just this morning, we're dealing with uh, something that has to do with company website here at the office. And yeah, I'm a little bit of a tech guy on the side. It's what I like to dabble with. I'd rather not spend a lot of my day working in it, but I do enjoy kind of being familiar with what's going on, on the tech side of things. So we were having a couple problems with a, a website issue, and I was on tech support with the uh, hosting company. 
uh, about the issue. And of course, they readily recommend start a live chat. You know, the whole thing is you go on the website and you start a live chat and it's real time and, and all that. Well, I had already contacted them back on Monday earlier this week. It's Wednesday today. I uh, uh, contacted them on Monday through live chat for this exact same issue. So this is now my second day of this week of having to go through this same problem. Wow. On Monday, uh, I'm posing my questions through the live chat. And what will happen here is that, you know, they, they, they were pretty upfront in the first message saying, listen, you know, we are dealing with multiple customers at the same time at times. So it may take us a little bit longer to respond to your question when you pose it or when you type something. So again, they set an expectation. That's fine. I really don't like the idea that they're talking to multiple people at the same time. That's a little troublesome, but I understand that's probably part of the economies of the whole deal. So as I'm typing my questions and I wait, you know, 20, 30 seconds uh, for them to respond back and eventually they do respond back. But everything I'm getting from this company sounds like canned copy paste answers. You know, my questions are very detailed. I wrote a paragraph saying, here's my problem. Here's what I've tried doing. Here's what I'm trying to figure out. And the response was, uh, uh, please do this, this, and this. But yet in my paragraph, I had already explained that I had already done that, that, and that. So it was like not even really reading what I'm typing. It's more just, Mm -hmm. uh, I hear the say there's a problem with hard drives. So I'm going to give them the blanket hard drive response. So that was already getting frustrating enough. (laughs) Here's the kicker, though. I've already been on live chat with this guy on Monday for probably 20, 25 minutes. Still really no closer to getting a resolution for what I'm trying to figure out. He actually wrote me, and I saved this just because I really wanted to have proof of this. He wrote (laughs) in the dialogue, he said, I'm going to have to hand you off to somebody else because I'm scheduled for a lunch break right now. No. Yes. Uh, and I even wrote back, I was like, really? <laughs> like, question mark. And sure enough, right then, like, there wasn't even a goodbye, sorry, whatever. It's just, I'm at the transfer you to somebody else. And wow. all of a sudden, it just said, you know, transferring. And then it kicked me out of the system. Like, I got to the little screen where I'm supposed to rate the experience. Like, I've just been done with it. So, of course, oh, I rated it. Oh, <laughs> oh I rated it. Um, so, I gave it a horrible rating. Just said, I can't believe the guy just told me he had to leave for a lunch break. And now I've got to pick back up the conversation with somebody completely new. And then I get kicked off and I'm going to have to call back in anyway. So I gave a low rating. I never got a response back from the firm. Like if I give you a zero on a zero to 10 rating and write a couple of paragraphs about how frustrated I was with the experience, you would think somebody might actually make some effort to reach out to you and say, Hey, let me see what I can do to help. I got nothing. So today the issue is still persisting. I got on there and tried again whole different person, whole different customer service uh, representative, very, very similar experience. I mean, same kind of responses, same kind of answers. Almost it seemed like they were just going through the motions of, well, I'm supposed to respond to this if they say this. If they use this buzzword, I'm supposed to respond with this phrase. And uh, sure enough, I got to the point where they said, um, well, you need to do this, this, and this with no instruction on how to do it, just saying you need to go find out how to do these three things. Um, and then because I didn't respond for like 20 seconds, I got a little message saying, uh, if you don't respond in a prompt enough time, this session may end. So I'm just thinking, wow. okay, well, I've got to just start typing something every 20 seconds just to keep the uh, activity going. And then it kicked me out again. So I got kicked out again, second day this week from the live chat. And again, I gave them another zero rating and another little diatribe about how horrible this was. And I've still yet to hear anything from a customer service representative at the firm. So 
I'm to the point where it's I'm ready to make the change. That was the last message I gave. Uh, I will see if uh, that that gets any kind of response at all. But yeah, pretty frustrating, you know. Wow. And I even wrote in the email, it's like I don't expect for this type of service that I'm paying for, which is not terribly expensive. This is a pretty routine web hosting service. I don't expect top notch, like you're going to be on the, the live phone with me for hours walking through every little possible level of support. So, but I do expect somebody who's going to listen and at least try their best to help me solve the problem, mm-hmm. admitting when they are up against the wall and then pointing me to some other resources to help me figure it out. So that's all, that's what I expect for the money I'm paying right now. And I got nothing of that this week. So it's been very, very annoying and uh, very frustrating. So just, I guess the message to everybody out there is just because you're doing live chatting and you've got a tech service and, you know, maybe people are only paying you, I don't know, 15, 20 bucks a month, something, I don't know, for like a pretty nominal fee, you know, you've still got a reputation to uphold. You've still got some support and service to provide. Because right now my gut feeling is I want to go online on Twitter and Facebook and just slam these guys left and right. And I can't imagine that would be very good for business. So anyway, that's my story. And I'm sorry, it's very fresh, probably a little more, (laughs) probably a little more aggressive than it normally is uh, my tone. So um, anyway, I I understand the frustration and the pain in the voice and all that, because you're, you're truly trying to fix an issue and you're getting canned answers and you're getting disconnected and you're getting my break at this exact (laughs) moment is more important than you are. I mean, could you believe that? I could not believe for the life of me that the guy actually said I'm scheduled for a lunch break. So it's not even a matter of him saying that, you know, I, I need to go. I have to go. It's like, I'm scheduled for a lunch break. So, if I'm scheduled for one, I've got to go. And even though we've been talking for 20 minutes and I've got all this detailed information you've been sharing with me, I'm going to hand you to somebody else where you can now go and repeat everything and start from scratch. That's basically the message I got. So, yeah. <sighs> so please cheer me up, Ed, with a positive story. You've got a good experience, right? Uh, it, it's it's a positive tale. I don't know if the experience was great, but it's a positive tale. I'll take oh, anything. And, Just give me okay. something positive. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And mine's technology related, so that that's okay. kind of funny. That's what yours was. Yeah. But I, I actually walked into the office. Uh, this was, I think, last Friday, maybe last Thursday, uh, 7.15 in the morning, and Wi-Fi was down. Mm-hmm. And another client, where, where I sit, it's an executive office suite, so there's literally about 60 offices, maybe 40, 50 businesses uh, who uh, basically uh, rent out lease space and get their services through this organization. And uh, another client came up to me and he said, is your Wi-Fi down? I said, yes. Uh, another client as well. So basically Wi-Fi was down. So I had another uh, individual who uh, works here, actually works for the, the company, uh, who came in about 8 o'clock. We told them what the issue was, and uh, they apologized, and we went back to work. And actually, uh, about 8.30 or so, I had to run to a meeting. So I went to a meeting, came back around lunchtime. I asked if Wi-Fi was back up, and, and they said no. And uh, I literally live about uh, a mile from my office, so I could easily go home if I needed to. Uh, but I asked the, the lady at the reception desk, uh, are people really upset? And she's like, you know, we've had Wi-Fi down all day, and nobody's upset. I mean, they'll ask me if it's up yet. They'll ask me what's going on, but they're really uh, – nobody's been upset at all with me. And then at the end of the day, it came up about 4 o'clock, and I asked the question again. And she said, no, the client's been wonderful. Nobody was uh, upset about it. And, mm. and the reason why I'm telling this story 
is that the, the people who work in this office are fantastic. I mean, they come and they check on you. They see how you're doing. They'll check about the temperature in your office. They will, if you have a project, they actually seem excited to do it. If you have a question, they stop what they're doing. They're patient with you. They're, they're just friendly, cordial, establish good rapport. And it just goes to the point that if you are, establish a good relationship with folks, if you establish some trust with your customers, if you truly convey you care about them, when something bad does happen, they're much more likely to, to cut you some slack and, and not really come at you with the negativity and the, the bad emotion. They'll, they'll give you a little bit of a break. Uh, that's a great, great reminder to everybody there, too. You know, you never want the, the bad support issues or bad technical problems to happen, but you do have a little bit of a blanket around it if you've created an environment over time of really positive experience with as a vendor. So you're right. That's that's great to hear. And, uh, you know, a lot of places I know if the Wi-Fi is down, it's just people are – torches and pitchforks are out and just <laughs> somebody want, is out for blood. So to hear that everybody was pretty cool and pretty collected about it means that they've set up a good positive environment around the support in that organization so far. So that's really good to hear. So, Ed, thanks for uh, sharing the positive story here and kind of doing a little little balancing of my negative one. I do feel a little bit calmer, a little bit nicer than I did before we started the story. So thanks thanks for sharing that. Well, happy to be there for you, Alan. Always <laughs> happy to tell a good customer service story. I need I, – I think you and I need to be on speed dial with one another every day. And if just one of us <laughs> has a bad negative customer service experience – Hopefully the other one has a positive one that we can kind of balance it out and feel better at the end of the day. So that's good. Well, Ed, thanks so much for the conversation today. Again, talking about the using the voice of the employee as a way of getting to improve the customer service experience your organization provides some great information on that. And I know we have alluded to using employees more in the customer service improvement process in other episodes as well. So I do encourage you, if you like this topic or want to learn more about it, you can definitely go back through our archives and find some other ways to uh, use your employees to help build your customer service culture in your organization. Um, Ed, people can learn more about your organization and get in contact with you or get on your mailing list by visiting your website, cssamerica.com. Anything else they need to be aware of or is that the best way to get a hold of you? That's definitely the best way to get a hold of us. And uh, there's so much information there, so many different resources that you mentioned early on. And uh, they can definitely contact us through there. We're a Charlotte, North Carolina-based consulting research training firm. And uh, we work with all sorts of organizations uh, to help improve the culture, improve performance, improve client satisfaction retention. So that's definitely the best place to go. Great. At cssamerica.com on the web. And there's a lot of different ways to get a hold of uh, Ed, his company, anything else there that they're involved in. And you can learn more about uh, what I do and kind of our firm, the Jackson Group, at www.thejacksongroup.com. That's T-H-E, Jackson Group, all one word, dot com. And uh, get in touch with us as well. We'd be happy to, to talk with you about any uh, employee survey or customer survey uh, service uh, uh, services or uh, processes that you may be interested in implementing. Uh, again, you've been listening to Stepping Up Service here on TheMesh.TV. encourage you to go check us out on TheMesh.TV. Give us some feedback. Let us know what you think of the topic. If you've got some ideas for future topics, we would love to hear from you. Ed, stay cool out there, and I hope you have a good rest of the week. Thanks. You too, Alan. Take care. All right. Take care, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to The Mesh. 
an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.